An Instagram post gets an unexpected boost. A TikTok catches in the algorithm. Sometimes that's all it takes to launch someone into internet fame. But then what? This Blew Up is a new podcast documentary that reveals how social media stardom is made. It's a different kind of fame that's not always as glamorous as it looks. From Spotify and the Ringer Podcast Network, I'm Alyssa Bereznak. You can listen to This Blew Up on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to another episode of Recipe Club, the podcast where we debate the best way to cook the things you want to eat. My name is Chris Ying. Uh, I usually have some little rant or parable for you here at the top of the podcast, but as we reach the end of this season of Recipe Club, I'm beginning to wonder if you're all just fast forwarding through this bit to get to the good stuff. I mean, I have no evidence to suggest that you're doing that, but it's just my own insecurities. So, I was going to talk about spinach and blockchain and how it all relates to my friend Arthur, who's using tools like blockchain to bring more market value and a sense of identity to coffee farmers in Rwanda. But um, instead, let's just try something else. Today is a spinach-themed episode. So how about a recipe hack for cream spinach? Well, the holidays are right around the corner, which means it's cream spinach season. Nothing checks the old vegetable box like spinach that's been completely drowned in fat and flour and cream. Seriously, sat next to a slab of prime rib, fully loaded baked potato, Yorkshire pudding. You've got to wonder if cream spinach might not be the unhealthiest thing on the plate. Obviously, I and everybody at the recipe club are huge cream spinach fans, and I will personally make it three or four times a year, including a couple of times in the off season. But My only complaint about cream spinach is that it's a little low in umami, unless you're adding fish sauce or a big fistful of Parmesan to the mix. So my favorite thing to do is to leave the cheese on the shelf and instead reach for some shio kombu instead. Shio kombu is salted kelp. It's a Japanese product that you'll find at your Japanese or Korean grocery store. It's been boiled in soy sauce and then dried and cut into shreds. It looks a little bit like loose tobacco in the package. It is not, as this Bon Appetit article I have in front of me says, crispy. Uh, It's more of like a fruit leather type of uh, texture. But it is super delicious, salty, a little sweet, and completely and utterly packed with umami. So I add a little fistful in of the shio kombu with the spinach and let it all simmer down with everything else. It doesn't make the cream spinach taste briny or seafoody or anything like that. It's just a really nice hit of salt and savoriness that blends into the background of the cream spinach. And it makes me feel 12 to 13% better about not adding yet more dairy to this dish. So that's it. That's my PSA for this episode. Add seaweed to your cream spinach. You can find it, like I said, at most Asian grocery stores. Shio kombu. Look for the little bag that looks like tobacco. Now, let's hear from our first ever French recipe submitter. 
Benjamin Kerber, as he's going to tell us about this week's featured dish, Pekela, a Tunisian Jewish special occasion stew made with a whole mountain of fried spinach and beef shanks and a beef or veal foot. So after we hear from Benjamin, you will hear from myself, Dave Chang, and Rachel Kong as we recount our own thrilling tales of microwaving spinach and stewing shanks. Let's get on with the show. Benjamin, where, where am I speaking to you from? I'm actually right now in France in an area called uh, La Dordogne. I have to assume that Recipe Club is huge where you are. Is it's, it like a big, is, is it a huge <laughs> deal in your specific town? Do you, do you all get together to have listening parties? I, I wish, I wish I'm trying, I'm trying to, to convert my colleagues to recipe club, but it's just, uh, there's not that many English speakers here. Recipe club is still like niche. It's, uh, <laughs> in France. What percentage of the discussion on recipe club do you think is completely irrelevant to a French person? It depends on the episodes, like some episodes, I would, I'd say it's almost 80%. Like I, I've been <laughs> like Googling a lot of like, no, especially like the name of the brands, like, uh, Pil- Pil- Pillsbury crust. Is that it? Like <laughs> yes, that's, yes. that's not something you find in France. I never thought that hearing a, someone say Pillsbury with a French accent would make me <laughs> feel so happy, but it really did. Uh, that's good to hear. So, so at worst, we are an 80% just garbage, nothing podcast to a French person. No, no, it's not garbage. It's something that you, you put your dictionary, like in your Google image and all of your like English lessons in, uh, in motion and try to decipher a lot of the things. And actually it's very interesting because the French way to approach recipe is really different. So that's really interesting. Actually, so can you can you talk about that? What do you what do you mean when you say like the French approach to recipe is very different than what you see from here? Uh, it's much more about techniques than it's about like ingredients. I think a lot of people in the French cuisine are stuck up in like the whole very French culinary way to mm. approach cuisine, and a lot of the French shows about recipes are very they they would approach uh, uh, cooking in a way that is professional. And what I love about Recipe Club is that even though like David Chang is a like, uh, really famous chef, he's so lazy and he's, <laughs> he's, he's so like lo-fi. It's a really lo-fi way to approach like that's cooking, a great, which That's a great way I love to describe it. it. Yeah, I love that's, it. A, that's, that's a wonderful way. Thank you. Thank you. The lo-fi is exactly how I would describe what we're doing. Um, okay, so what is the recipe that you have brought to the table uh, for this week? So it's called Kayla. It's basically, it's a, it's a stew, a Shabbat stew. Um, and like a lot of other Shabbat stews, like it's kind of, uh, the same as Tibet. Uh, it's something that you, you cook a lot of uh, large portion of for a really big family. Any, any French Sephardic person, like Jewish Sephardic person knows what Kayla is. When I taste Kayla, it reminds me of my uh, grandmother, Mami Daisy. She's still alive. She's 97 year old. And she would cook that for any important holiday. It's really great because it's not spectacular at all. As I said in my recipe, it really doesn't, it does not look good. <laughs> it looks, it looks like shit. That's, that, that must be said. And that's what I, I was so moved about the concept of ugly delicious because to me, Kayla is really the definition of ugly delicious. Like it looks ugly, but once you try it, 
like my father is Ashkenazi and he, and it took him 10 years to just have a taste of the Kaila. And once he had a taste of it, it was like completely, completely crazy about it. So, yeah, I mean, it has a, it has a certain poopy, poopy quality to its appearance. <laughs> um, and where did this particular recipe for Kayla come from? It's a mix, uh, because my mother, um, when my grandmother started to lose her mind a little and become senile, she, she used her iPad and filmed my grandmother, uh, cooking a lot of the recipes and mm. Kayla was part of it. So I got part of the recipe from her, but the thing is Kayla in France you will find it in a jar. So it's ready-made fried spinach. And you just put that in a, in a Dutch oven with all the meat and the spice and the herbs. So I wanted to like during the 2020 lockdown with my, with my wife, I wanted to introduce her to Kayla because obviously because of the lockdown, we couldn't be at the holidays with, uh, with everybody, with my family. Uh, and I looked up recipes on YouTube and I found out that to, you could do the kela by frying it in the microwave. And I, I introduced this into the recipe and it's kind of like a mix of like the old and the new. So the, the microwaving, which you describe as sort of a quote confit of, of spinach. So basically you're putting fresh or I mean, frozen spinach into a microwave bowl with a, a good dose of, of fat. And then are you microwaving it for three 15 minute sessions, like for 45 minutes, yeah. basically in the microwave. Okay. So I might've gotten confused about frozen spinach. Cause if you use frozen spinach, there's so much water coming from the fact that it's frozen that the first 15 minutes, it just defrosts and it, nothing mm. happens because during the lockdown, what I did was using really fresh spinach leaves with that uh, situation. There's much less water. The spinach must be burnt. So it's really three times 15 minutes in the oven with some oil. You need to find the right spot between burnt and impossible to eat. <laughs> <laughs> for all of the microwaving we do, this is probably the first time I've ever microwaved spinach for 45 minutes. But it was, it was, I, I think you're right. I, it, different things happen in different stages in that microwaving. Uh, other than this giant leap of faith in microwaving spinach for 45 minutes, anything else that people should look out for anything else in the recipe that they need to kind of, uh, be cautious of? Um, no, I mean, that's the hardest part to get the spinach, right? I'd say the amount of herbs that you put in, I think mint is really important. Mint mm. add a lot and it's very different fresh mint from like, uh, mint that is uh, in the stew. It adds a lot. So I think it's very important. Also I'd say Arisa, uh, hot sauce is a very important part of it because it's supposed to flavor up the, the dish and it, you, you need to have like a, a bite of sauce that is really uh, full of herbs, full of, uh, full of energy, but also like really, really spicy. It's, it's supposed to be spicy. That's why the, I, I advise to use like spicy sausages because it, it really adds something to the, to the spinach taste, which is kind okay. of bland in my opinion. Yeah. I think the, the, the herbs really brightened it up. Um, okay. Benjamin, this was fantastic. I hope this is the, uh, the beginning of just a huge recipe club wave that washes over all of France. They're going to think, you know, these old episodes were only 80 or only 20% relevant. This one will be 40% relevant to the average French person. I hope so too. I'm going to try to spread the word. <laughs> Dark after dark.
Uh, recipe club debating the best way to cook things you want to eat. Rachel, have you been? Have you been? What was the last great thing that you riffed on, created in your own kitchen? We're like, I would make this for other people. I would. I would cook something like this. Oh my! I'll gosh. tell you. I'll tell you, Dave's. I'll tell you, Dave's. Yeah. What's Dave's? Which he revealed to us earlier today. Put a chicken breast in the microwave with some savory salt for four four minutes. No, it was it was a big one. So it was like I did it five, and then. Uh, it looked a little raw in the center, and this was on on any day. And I did another minute and a half after taking my kitchen scissors and choppy, choppy, choppy. Mm-hmm. And that was it. And he ate it. And he said it was delicious. You got any congovations in the kitchen lately? I feel like I've just been making a lot of Korean food. I guess I made some farmers market bibimbap, which I Ooh. thought was pretty good the other day. You mean, you mean how white people call it grain bowl <laughs> with Asian? It's access. not a grain bowl. <laughs> oh, here's a question. On a, on a previous episode of Recipe Club, you talked about how you had you and, and Eli had uh, gone in for a full flat of early girl dry farm tomatoes. How did you end up dry result- farm tomato? What's that? That's the lady. That's some that's some barrier bullshit. <laughs> dry farm means like they don't add, is they, there's like it's not irrigated. Is that the idea? Yeah, I think they don't they don't water it after some point, and like all the leaves get all shriveled. But then that means the tomatoes are really concentrated and good. So it's like an ice wine? Yeah, it's like an ice wine. Like a Gurner Venture finger? Yeah, it's a Gurner Venture finger. It's <laughs> <laughs> one of the classic Gurner Venture fingers. <laughs> what? It's the old Gurner Venture finger technique. Oh my God. Yeah, but tomatoes. But did you, how did you end up, how, what, how did you, were you sick of the tomatoes by the end of the case? And what yeah. was like the best way you ate them other than over the sink? I think it's it's been a while now since since we got that flat, but I I think I told you guys I was just like eat I ate a lot of them just over the sink to be honest, like just putting them directly into my mouth. It felt like a waste to cook them actually because they were so good. Yeah, Her adventure finger tomatoes. My, my Sounds finger like somebody tomatoes. lives in San Francisco. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> don't even need a knife. Are you a, okay, Ching? Have you could you ever enjoy just a tomato plane? I, I I feel like people get mad now if sometimes I read comments which you never do. This fucking guy likes mealy tomatoes in his BLT. I'm like, yeah, I do. I think you can hold two simultaneous things that are opposite to be true. Mm-hmm. I can love these Gurner Venture Finger <laughs> style grown tomatoes by Early Farm Tomato. Early girl, early girl, dry farm tomatoes. Dry farm tomatoes. And I can like a hothouse tomato that is not mealy, but looks like it's been in the sun, like the <laughs> the Red tomato color has been faded out because I, agree with that. I don't think you can make a do- I, no. I'm not eating a tomato sandwich with mayonnaise. Fuck that. I'm not. You guys are you guys tomato sandwich mayonnaise people? I don't. Really. That's not a sandwich. That can't be a sandwich. That's that's no. I think Rachel is a yes. No, no, I'm not. There's, no, I thought you guys had a whole tomato episode. You did, but or, or, clearly we have to remind people again. <laughs> This like is you a can episode. eat this, you can do this, but if you eat, if you eat a juicy, juicy tomato on a sandwich, you're going to destroy the sandwich. Because the only other thing you can do is have some kind of cement-like bread, right, or some bullshit name thing that Americans invented, like ciabatta. <laughs> Whether they invented it or not, like no one in Italy eats ciabatta. That's so structurally difficult to break down that you're, it's hard to chew. Mm-hmm. You can't. Make a fucking delicious BLT with delicious tomatoes. Some people would argue that the mayonnaise layer is like a prophylactic against the juices of the tomato penetrating the bread. Well, 
Mm. Not me. Not me. <laughs> Someone, you mean their parents should have worn prophylactics. <laughs> okay. And with I that, think you we are... want you want some penetration. <laughs> with, with, I mean, tomato into bread. I I know what you're saying, Dave. Like structurally, you don't want a soggy sandwich, but like you know, like a Spanish tomato. You know, like a tomato soaked into toast. Con, that's con tomato, but that is like a, a sturdy loaf. That is like a bridge made out of concrete and you know right. steel wire and shit. The right, difference, right. yeah, with like the. Pan con tomate is like the bread is the star and the tomato is a topping, whereas a sandwich is supposed to like eat all at once and they're like the filling is supposed to eat with the bread. And I don't, I don't appreciate the peoples out there that are celebrating just a tomato sandwich. I, I can appreciate that. I just don't know how it's structurally possible to eat a juicy, organic, heirloom, Gurner Venture Finger style <laughs> tomato sandwich. I know we're supposed to talk about spinach. We'll get to that That's in a so second. I just wanted to, <laughs> I just wanted to say I think it's a fucking lie. And this is my equivalent of being a flat earther. I don't believe it's possible yeah. to eat a juicy tomato sandwich. I don't disagree. I don't understand the appeal either, frankly. I would rather eat the tomato plain than yeah. eat it in bread. Doesn't make any sense to me. I want the tomato plain. All right, so this is the spinach episode. <laughs> well, tomatoes and spinach, do, I, what I want to say, nice segue. You know what's a nice friend to, to a tomato sometimes? An un, un, uh, unknown friend? Hmm. Very unpopular friend? Spinach. Spinach and tomato? But I've never really way? done it before, but I bet you it would work. Rachel's skeptical of this. You don't think spinach tomato works? Well, you know, I, when I think of that, I think of like a salad bar. And I don't think they really... Not even baby. Uh, it just doesn't really inspire spinach. me. As a sandwich, are you saying? No, as a salad. It's just like a thing. Just a salad. No just onion? Thing. Ain't no onion in there? Just in general, if you cook down spinach with tomato, I bet you'd be delicious. Oh, cook okay, cook. Okay, okay, yeah. okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds delicious. I, I thought you were just, just like, as a segue. I thought you said as a better sandwich than a plain tomato sandwich would be some <laughs> throw some raw spinach in there. That's <laughs> like crazy talk. <laughs> Number I know. one, nobody should eat raw spinach. <laughs> That's, okay. That was that Let's was get a, into that. Yeah. Should nobody eat raw spinach? Let me, let me throw that over to Rachel Kong to digest. Is raw spinach edible or is it actually poisonous? I just, I think it's gross. And actually, <laughs> I, I do think it's a little poisonous. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think bad it's bad for the environment. It, <laughs> it's like a little slimy. It does that thing with your teeth. Um, makes your teeth, it makes your mouth feel horrible. And yeah. it's really bad for your kidney stones. That's yes. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I think I that's that. true. It's bad for it your kidneys. It is true. Having had kidney stones, oh. I'm not supposed to eat it. And now oh, I have no. a reason to never Your doctor was like, this. make sure you don't eat any raw spinach, David. No, spinach in general. <laughs> oh, just generally? Yeah. No. Any kind of, uh, uh, I don't remember the the Latin I genus term. I think it's term. oxalates, right? Like oxalates. Ox yeah, oxalates. Look who came prepared. There's only one spinach salad that is worth eating. And that's a bacon, hot bacon vinaigrette, which is not a salad anymore. Because if you're going to eat those calories, don't eat it as a fucking salad. Yeah. The hot bacon mustard vinegar vinaigrette. Uh, <laughs> 233 million results when you Google spinach recipes, the majority of which seem to be sautéing spinach with garlic and lemon. Like, it's, it's, that's, that's the bulk of the recipes here. So let me ask you guys this. If you're not eating raw spinach, which none of us are, how are you consuming spinach? Best spinach dishes. Creamed. Creamed. Mm. Absolute number one, spinach right? Spinach artichoke dip, number two. Which is also just a form of cream spinach. <laughs> <laughs> is there another, is there a preparation of spinach other than just with cream? Uh, spinacopita. <laughs> spinacopita? Mm. Um, 
I'm a, are you guys are you guys fans of so this will be a preview of this recipe when it like, dyes the color in a a a a verdant green risotto not or or lasagna where you don't even see taste spinach but it looks green and it's just you just horrifying uh, you're using the spinach mm-hmm. just for its green color and nothing else there's mm-hmm. no intrinsic quality that you want other than the chlorophyll uh that's it do you guys where where do you guys get down with like sog paneer and like preparations oh, where like yeah you got me yeah, it's like cooked into good. smush that's very very <clears throat> delicious that's one dish where regardless of the indian restaurant whether it's americanized or legitimately delicious it's a little bit like general so's or lo mian or fry it's always good it's just gonna be good it doesn't matter it's just gonna be good yeah. i'm shame on me for not thinking of that <laughs> uh but i'm not i i even think when you saute it, you still get that what did you call the it tooth, Oxi- the oxalation no i think that's just like some kind of compound in it it's i mean are you talking about like the the tooth thing yeah like where your the, teeth feel like rough yeah i think that's you know, a separate you know where you really yeah. get, have you ever had lamb's quarters before mm-hmm. that you really get that you really get the it's like, like somewhere between cotton mouth and like yeah i feel like a like a cow chewing <laughs> chud or whatever is it called <laughs> chewing chud, chewing cud. Chewing cud. Cud. what about um what's the what's the oyster oysters Florentine with spinach is that gonna be oh, good? Oh yeah, like I that think one? that's good. That's just cream spinach on top of an oyster, though, right? Yeah. Bacon and breadcrumbs. <laughs> so the best preparation is is uh, cream and bacon. I've saw, here's the thing though, having done this many times, I would probably say the number one by far number one most ordered side vegetable if it's available is sautéed spinach. If it's on the menu, mm. it's probably in the top three of all items. It's always just like garlic, lemon, chili flake. And that's not like even the dish. Lemon. Just lemon. It's just sauteed spinach. Why do you think that is? It's a little bit like Westworld. Like, like, yeah. It commands people. Everyone's a Manchurian candidate and it just activates. I have to order this. Personally, yeah. I feel like if I'm sauteing a green, like spinach is the one that's just at the bottom of the list. Like <laughs> you get, you have so, you start out with so much and then it shrinks down to almost nothing. And you're like, why did I? do this? Why did I wash all yeah. this? Like, why did I mm-hmm. do do anything with this? I mean, chard is better than than spinach in this way. It's at mm-hmm. least like it yeah, retains. also has that, that it has, it has fucking it too. bullshit. Yeah, it has some of that too. I mean, kale is, I think for me, like a little bit above that. And then like pea greens or something. Oh, pea greens those are, great. are delicious. Those delicious. are so good. Hey, pea greens. That's the only green that's worth eating. Swiss pea greens chard. are so much better. <laughs> the only green. Swiss chard is so, what a crappy vegetable. That is. I disagree. I rate it over spinach for sure. When I worked at Kraft, one of the most common, every order lunch was spinach. And I would take like four cases of spinach and they're oftentimes sandy because they grow in sand and you have to wash the shit out of them. And then you have to blanch them. Mm -hmm. It's like so much volume of stuff going into half a hotel pan. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I'm just not a fan. I'm not a fan. And honestly, I can't taste the difference between frozen spinach and fresh. Yeah. Well, I think that, yeah, I'm always like, I'm always troubled by the the sandiness of spinach. And then you buy like the triple washed spinach. And then I'm like, what a waste of water. <laughs> I didn't even want to eat this thing. <laughs> Why'd you wash it three times? I mean, yeah. the only way we, I mean, we, we use a lot of frozen spinach in our house because like I just sneak it into whatever my kids are eating. But last question before we move into the actual recipes. I think spinach has long had the reputation as the the original the OG superfood, right? Like it's Popeye eats a can of spinach and then he gets his big muscles. Do you think that spinach, if you ask like the the average person, 
is spinach still like that's the healthiest food in the world? Does spinach like get do people keep mm. eating spinach and do they order it at restaurants like you're saying, Dave, because they think like it's the healthiest healthiest thing in the world? I think people are brainwashed by Popeye. For whatever reason, people think spinach is healthy and it's not. It's not. <laughs> I would stop short at saying it's not, but sure. <laughs> are the are the kidney stones resolved, Dave? Did I just give you some more by choosing this recipe? I, I had to eat them, so I'm just letting you know if if I have to go to the emergency room, I you blame can you. Send me send me the bill. Why did I why did I have the kidney, kidney stones? I could have gotten gout. That would have been awesome. You, know, gout, gout, gout you just pat yourself awesome. on the back and good job, man. <laughs> yeah, like it's validation. Gout has some cachet. Right. Kidney stones. <laughs> Uh, we got a number of suggestions, a good good range of, su- of submissions for the recipes for spinach, including Italian cannelloni crips, an Armeni- Armenian spinach boreg, snowboard trip stuffed shells and spinach dips. But Rachel, you you shunned the sag paneers and the spanakopitas and the Italian cannelloni crepes in favor of Benjamin Kerber's pakela. What's up with that? It was a lot of these... Um Things that sounded pretty good, like the stuffed shells or uh, like a spinach dip, these classic spinach vehicles. And I saw this recipe and thought, oh, we have to do this one. (laughs) First of all, because there's a beef foot in it. And just because, you know, I think to me, this recipe seemed like it was in that sag paneer category of like a really cooked meltingly cooked spinach and it seemed like the recipe most likely to teach me something different you know it calls for microwaving a bunch of spinach in oil for 45 minutes and I had never done that before personally so I really wanted to try it and I also thought still never done that (laughs) I know I was like I was like Dave will either be excited that that I picked this recipe that's using the microwave or he's going to curse me for the fact that this recipe takes like five hours of cooking, five to six hours. Let me tell you something that's happened on this show. I feel like a bunch of submissions have come in and people think they're going to win their way into Dave's heart by including a microwave. And so far he's rejected every every suggestion that has been like microwave this because he's like, I don't have to. Only the pendant. Penitent man may pass. <laughs> wow. Uh, so this recipe from Benjamin Kerber. Benjamin is a clinical psychologist from living in the southwest of France, our first French recipe submitter. Rachel, I told... <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Rachel, I told this to Dave earlier when I spoke to Benjamin. I was like, so is Recipe Club big in France then? He's like, no, no, no. I'm trying to get them to listen more, but uh, they don't understand. And I was like... What percentage yeah. of your average recipe no club? No kidding. What part of your average recipe club podcast is like completely incomprehensible gobbledygook to your to a Frenchman? <laughs> and he was like, eh, you know, it varies from episode to episode, but I would say as much as eighty <laughs> percent. Oh yes. I mean, another thing was just that I loved the way that he wrote this recipe it's just so um there's so much color to it he really tells us a lot about himself and the recipe uh talks about how i think uh some of his relatives don't like refuse to eat it because it looks like like diarrhea and that really (laughs) won my heart diarrhea is the way to rachel's heart yeah so it's you know it's this is a dish that you know he's he's got influences from all over but at the end of the day this is a 
Jewish dish, like a another sort of like to be like a, a, a Sabbath dish that's meant to be sort of eaten. Uh, you know, you can cook it and stay warm all day without, you know, detriment to the dish when you're not supposed to be cooking. And then you eat it at the end of the day. It involves basically, like Rachel said, you fry spinach. In this case, Benjamin does it in the microwave. You fry it for 45 minutes until it is completely desiccated, nearly black. And then you are stewing that together with uh, beef shanks, a <laughs> cow or veal foot, harissa, a spicy sausage, and some onions and, and garlic, and that's basically the whole thing. You serve it at the end, this this stew with a like a big handful of fresh herbs, uh, and you know the whole thing is seasoned with salt and pepper. So that is that's the lay of the land for this dish. The first thing that sort of strikes you is this this spinach thing, and he said. You know, typically you can just buy this product, a, a sort of fried blackened spinach in a jar. But he was experimenting with this over the pandemic and coming up with, you know, how to do this. And he he found this method online to sort of fry it in the microwave for what he says is three turns of 15 minutes. But at the end that of the day, it's 45 minutes. It's 45 <laughs> minutes, I think. But he like tripped me up personally when he said like 15 minutes and then repeat that twice. Yeah. Because I was like, oh, 15 I didn't minutes, read it cool. carefully. Yeah. And I started doing it in batches. I was frying it in batches. And then I read that and I was like, if I keep doing this in batches, I'll be microwaving for four and a half hours. <laughs> like, this is insane. So before we dive in, let me ask you guys this. Prior to Dave sort of showing me the ways of the microwave, the longest I would have ever microwaved something is probably three minutes or something. Yeah. Now, you know, I've, I've, I've climbed up and up and up, but like, what is the longest cook process you have done in a microwave? Hour and a half. Hour wow, and a half. Wow, what, what the was heck? It? I was braising a piece of beef. And did you do it at, at lower power? What did you lower do? Lower power. I can't remember exactly what it was, but I put it in, I was testing things out before the any day was done, and uh, I just wanted to see if it would work. What happened? Was it, it good? It does, but, but you should only bring it out occasionally. Oh. Why is that? It's a very long time. Because, <laughs> like, listen, this is actually where, this is why I have a lot of things to say about, you know, this recipe. <laughs> because I, I don't think of it as practical, right? I think the maximum I want to cook anything in the microwave is longer, no longer than, say, 25 minutes tops, right? Because I some point it's diminishing returns and you'll be able to cook more on a stovetop. It's just not efficient that way, in my opinion. And when we talk about the rest of it, I'm happy to describe some tips as to not having to do this. And I'm as pro microwave as anyone that's ever come across, but I just think it wasn't an effective or efficient way of using it. So, you know. That's where that's exactly where I ran into trouble because I was like, oh, cool. 15 minutes in the microwave, that's going to be a shortcut to this. That's amazing. I did, like I said, I was like, wait a minute, but like my microwave is has a size restriction. It's not a full-size oven, so I can't put a huge thing of anything in there. The You do lose your efficiency when you've got to do an hour and a half of microwaving. Did you guys do fresh spinach or something? I don't understand why you couldn't fit I did frozen. I did frozen. Spinach. Yeah, me too. It didn't fit in my bowl. But again, I like, just put it all into a any-day bowl. Yeah, see? I, I, tr- I, I eventually, I had to microwave a little to it, like it, it sank down a little, then I could cram it all in there. I didn't even try because I looked at the recipe, I read the recipe, I was like, that's just not going to do it. All right, let's get into this. Let's, okay, Rachel, talk, walk us through your whole process of making this uh, pakela. Okay, well, I just put it all in one any day bowl, <laughs> followed his instructions, 
completely. I mean, I liked that I didn't have to be standing over the stove frying spinach. I just let it rip, you know. Um, I don't know that it got to the point that he wanted it to get to. Like, it didn't really get super burnt and crispy or anything. I got some brown stuff around the edges, but it was, you know, it was browned kind of. So I, I felt like that was good enough and I had other things to do. So, so I stopped it there and I couldn't find Usban. I mean, I knew I couldn't find it. Uh, he, that's a special sausage that he recommends. But I just got a few merguez sausages and I threw them in there. Uh, I found beef feet at my Korean market. So I put like a slice of foot in there. <laughs> and the pot itself just looked like this crazy cauldron. It's gruesome. It's gruesome. It was like I had broken down a human and just put like, just, you know, like I had like murdered somebody and was like trying to hide the evidence and just like shoved it all into this pot with like this like big, like green potion or something. So it looked really gnarly. Uh, and just before you you, you go on, uh, uh, Rachel, I, I forgot to mention like the Usban, the sausage that she's talking about, like the fact that there's harissa in here. This is a Tunisian dish. So it's like there's like lots of North African stuff yeah. going on here. Yeah, I mean, and that's also, like, what was exciting to me. I really thought, like, it sounded delicious. And so I just, yeah, followed the instructions, put it on the stove, had a bunch of stuff to do, came back to it later that night, and it looked still very gnarly with, I mean, the feet were kind of doing their own thing. They had, like, popped out some gelatin and... um Oh, I, I forgot to say, I didn't find beef shank, so I just I put in oxtails instead. Mm -hmm. And so uh, there were all these oxtails in there. Uh, we had it with couscous. I thought it was really delicious. Um, and it was just like that sort of really like silky, um, melty kind of spinach that I think I really like, but without um, the cream. Like I think with creamed spinach and spinach dip, I like them, but I associate them with like very terrible stomach aches because I like, mm -hmm. you know, <laughs> eat them during Super Bowl or whatever, you know, and I'm like just suffering for hours afterwards. So I, I have like a kind of negative association <laughs> with those ultimately. And I think with this, uh, it gave me like the kind of um, richness of those spinach dishes. Like it is actually like super rich, right? Because there's all this like fat in it essentially, but it's, um, but there's no like cream in it or or dairy. So I liked that aspect to it. So yeah, but it's, it was delicious. There is a big foot though. <laughs> there is a whole thing. Yeah. And this is like, this is what your mom would say. You're like pork belly, good for you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I agree with that. <laughs> oh, sorry. And then at the end you add beans and like I said, then oh, you right. do yeah, yeah, yeah. herbs at the end. All right. Chang, take us, take us off sure. book. So I wanted to make a make this recipe for everyone that's listening, right? That may not have the ability to go to an Asian market and get a a foot of cow. <laughs> yes, or all the other ingredients. So I I tried to limit myself to only items in Trader Joe's. Wow! So he bought some frozen sag paneer. <laughs> oh my gosh! So that's one. So they wasn't. Last time I checked, I don't think they sell beef foot at Trader Joe's. <laughs> it's next but to every, the chocolate. Every beef has feet, so where do they go? They do sell them. They're right next to the chocolate-covered espresso beans <laughs> that are up on the snack shelf above the freezer. It's beef feet. <laughs> so they do have uh, stewed chuck meat. So I bought basically like four pounds of that. So they charge you 30 to 40 cents more because they cut it into a cube. 
And they cut the cubes like motherfuckers because they're too fucking big. <laughs> Assholes. <laughs> All right. I was hoping that they would at least have some kind of kielbasa because I believe that the sausage that was recommended is a Polish kind of sausage. Uh, it's a, it's like a spicy sausage. So no, knowing intuitively that it was a spicy sausage, I didn't go for a chicken apple sausage because the Trader Joe line of sausages are not. Wait, Dave, it recommend. wasn't intuitive. It was in the recipe. It said spicy sausage. <laughs> <laughs> so I chose a hot Italian sausage, which I thought would be good because it has fennel and there that might be a common herb or a spice mm-hmm. that might be in the sausage of choice. So mm-hmm. this would be a nice compromise. Powerful powers of intuition undefeated yeah. over here. Uh-huh. And about two bags of frozen spinach. I had onion and they had harissa. Of course they did. Which is crazy. <laughs> of course they did. I was like, well, <laughs> sure. yeah, that's where, you, yeah. Harissa Does anyone want to explain what a harissa is for people that don't know? I don't. It's like, a, it's, I'm not, I'm not super, this is like the first time I've cooked with it, but as far as I know, it's like a, re, it's like a red pepper paste, right? That's chili paste. Yeah. I cook and with it all the time. Yeah. I cook with it. I, I, in other kitchens I've worked in, we've used it a lot and uh, I like it a lot. It's a wonderful, not overly spicy. It's a little bit like Calabrian chili paste to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, it's not herbaceous. It's nothing. It's just really nice. There is sometimes like I think cumin in it, I feel like in terms of flavor, but I'm not a harissa expert, but I do like it. So I was like, oh, once I saw that, I thought this was probably Tunisian in origin. Anyway. I was like, all right, I have all the ingredients. They had water instead of stock. I bought some kidney beans because I couldn't fight cannellini beans. Mm-hmm. Is you there anything water else? water from Trader Joe's instead no, of no, no, stock? No. <laughs> 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 didn't, you didn't have stock. You just had water to yours, right? Just water, just water, just water. So um, I got home and I looked at the 45 minutes of the microwave. I, I was like, that's a lot of time. I think I would rather just um, see if I could cut that out altogether. But I did it in a because I didn't understand that you were going to like fry it. So if I had to do it all over again, this is what I would have done. I would have minced the onions and the garlic into a sofrito. I would have chopped it or blitzed it. But I would, at the very least, roasted the shit out of that as that got a lot of color in the fat. So either it's butter or olive oil. And he said to add both, I believe. Mm-hmm. I then would have added the spinach. So I, that's what I would have done if I had to do it over again. Because what I did was I roasted off the onions, chopped those up with the garlic, and then I just threw in the beef and tried to get the color on that. And I I fucked up. I should have added the spinach and I should have roasted that out. But I didn't think, according to you guys, that's changed changed the flavor quite a bit, right? A decent amount, yeah. It's it's much more of like a, I mean, I mean this in a good way, like a muddier, bitter, more bitter version of 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 spinach. So I didn't do that, and I added the chopped sausage. I chopped that up, and I just cooked the shit out of that, and then added the two bags of frozen spinach. Because if it's frozen spinach, you can add like a lot. This takes a lot of spinach, and I season it with salt and pepper and the harissa, and then I cover it with water. And I sent you a photo. I did that in 22 minutes. <laughs> we were we were both together at the office and we both wow. were like shit we need to leave to go cook this recipe club recipe <laughs> for five hours <laughs> and, and like i walked in the door and like we live basically equidistant from mm-hmm. the office like legitimately right like and you must have gone to the store too after straight from the office i like walked in the door and not just, only that I, I i got a three-minute cryotherapy for my <laughs> fucking the car from the car accident for therapy and i went to trader joe's I started making just running it in to so, make you feel so we bad. Get, no, we get home. I walk in the door and I started. I made. I was making this separate. I knew my kids weren't gonna weren't gonna do this, and I wasn't gonna have this done for dinner. So I started dinner for the kids, and like, 
three minutes in, he texts me a picture of this fucking dishes done. <laughs> I, all I needed to do was finish cooking. And the reason I did this was I, I don't know. It's the same thing when I see a recipe for roasting off or getting uh, color on meats before you braise them. I'm not a fan of that at home simply because it just takes more work, the splatter, et cetera. And I'd rather just add notes of umami. So I thought about it. I was like, okay, it might get some color or some bitterness or whatever, but I can add that flavor later. So I just decided to like omit that and see how fast I could make this recipe because it takes five hours. And I thought I will, I will do something for the listeners and to see if I could try to do something that I wasn't supposed to do. What a surprise. <laughs> Listener service. And I, uh, I put it on a raging boil, mm-hmm. and I cooked this whole thing in 90 minutes. Oh, my gosh. Beef was tender. Beef was tender. and the end, I added the beans, and then I bought the it was curly parsley, mint, and cilantro, and I just chopped that up, added that with the couscous. The couscous I did cook in the microwave with some olive oil, and there is couscous at Trader Joe's. I didn't even realize that. And I added a, some uh, chicken bouillon paste and uh, olive oil, and it was delicious. I was mm-hmm. like, any day makes that kind of stuff like unbelievable as like a steam thing because couscous yep. should be steamed. And uh, I have to say, it was extremely delicious. The beans, I'm going to eat some when I get back for sure. It's it, it doesn't look gnarly or disgusting according to you guys. <laughs> oh my <laughs> okay, gosh! Well, okay. You bought pre-cubed fucking stew meat. I'm saying I thought that it would taste wonderful and look beautiful. I guess you know you guys have a much more <laughs> superficial view of the world than I do. <laughs> Oh my I'm God. shocked that Rachel would be so judgmental about looks. <laughs> I want to say that the five hours, I had a pretty busy day yesterday and it was like pretty hands off. You know, you just have to like chop up the, the onion and the garlic and then the herbs and stuff eventually. But like the recipe as written also, I thought was pretty, pretty easy. It's just like yeah. cooking time. W- yeah. What I didn't anticipate, which is why I think getting a highly flavorful sausage is a really a must is because I looked at it, I was like, harissa and salt and pepper, that's really the... It's not, there's not much flavor. There's not much flavor. Seasoning, seasoning, yeah. It tastes of all of the nuance of the sausage juices and Mostly the spices. The so like, yeah. I think the more aromatic and spice-driven sausage you can get, the better. Yeah. And also, it took me a while to understand why onion was spelled O-I-G-N-O-N. Onion. Because I didn't read the intro. <laughs> I didn't know what was happening. And I was like, Did, that's the one ingredient I don't have at Trader Joe's. I, got, I don't have the pig's foot. He's walking up to the oh nearest person in the Hawaiian shirt being like, excuse me, do you have an oignon? <laughs> oh, my God. I um, I followed this close-ish to the letter of the law. Sounds like I was the only one who found beef shanks. I did beef shank. I microwaved. Where did you get the beef shanks? Yeah. Just Whole Foods had them oh. on sale, in fact. I microwaved, like I already said, I microwaved the spinach probably for more than 45 minutes. Started in batches, then like added more. By the end, mine was pretty like desiccated and dry oh, and yeah. was was pretty uniformly brown. And that was at the point where like, when I first stuck it in there, I was like, what the fuck am I doing? Is this a joke? Like I don't, I'm going to microwave the spinach for 45 minutes. And I did it without the cover in the any day. And by the end, I was like, I get it now. I kind of get what this flavor is headed towards. And it is a little bit of that like ultra, ultra, ultra cooked like sag paneer like vibe if people know that. It is, you know, it's not a green, <laughs> it's not like a green bright dish. I did the beef shanks in there. I did merguez as well, Rachel. I would say 
and, and like this is this was like the, the one big problem overall at the end was like one beef shank to the next can have like a completely different cook time. So mm-hmm. I looked up the two beef shanks they had. This guy happened to pack for me, and one was like pretty meaty and had like a, a smaller bone, and then the second beef shank was like a big, huge bone and a lot of cartilage, which like is delicious. You want that to cook down, but like cooking down that like the the more cartilagey bits of the shank takes two hours longer than the meat parts. So like that was that was a thing. The same thing happened, Rachel, to me, where like you start cooking these like feet and ankles and shanks, and you just start <laughs> to see like these little gelatinous bits start like yeah. erecting themselves out of like the orifices yeah. of the meat. You know what I mean? It's like so gnarly yeah. looking. Yeah, yeah. They just start popping out like a little turkey thermometer of, of like <laughs> beef shank gelatin comes it's out. It's so creepy. It's very, very creepy. I didn't have, uh, I didn't find a foot. I couldn't find a foot. So what I did was just assuming, again, presuming that like what what the what the function of the foot is, is like, meatiness but mostly just like the collagen and the the gelatin gelatin and like the sort of you know richness and mouthfeel of it so when i added the water i actually like dissolved like a scoop of gelatin, gelatin? i had in the Whoa. in the and just like dissolved that into the water and then poured that on and like i think it you know it's not the same as having a pig foot but like you do get a little bit more of like a fattier mouth fucking too. elton brown here. <laughs> Look at fucking elton brown over here <laughs> um so that was like Elton Brown and Rachel Ray over there. (laughs) So I also, here's the other mistake when you make something that takes five hours is like, Rachel, you must have spent your five hours cooking, doing important things. I spent mine like getting my kids ready for bed and then like, um, you know, relaxing. Relaxing Mm. with like the aid of various GHC (laughs) things to help you relax. And so, like, the end, I was like, oh, my stew is done. I started eating it. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, what? You know, this could really use some, like, fresh herbs. And then I was like, oh, I forgot the herbs. <laughs> and, like, which I think are, are huge. Like, the herbs on top. Yeah. Mint is so good. The mint is so it's good. It's really good, yeah. Like, really brightens this whole thing up and takes it out of the mud. I take another bite. I was like, oh, good. And I was like, what is this can of beans doing here? <laughs> I was like, I forgot to put the fucking beans in, too. <laughs> so, like, I had to, like, reverse, like, rewind, reverse the process, add the beans. At the end of the day, like, I agree, this is really delicious. I think, Dave, your note on, like, there's a limited number of things bringing seasoning to the party or, like, flavors other than just meat and spinach. So, sausage matters. You could easily add things. Like, yeah. I was thinking when it was roasting because of the area, like something that would be like a Burberry spice or something mm-hmm. like that would be great. Um, some kind of Raza or nude or something. Yeah. Like something that has a the the spice variety blend that yeah. is delicious. I mean also this thing, something. Also this you know, this recipe calls for like one teaspoon of harissa and I Can think, I also like, say another thing that would be fucking super good in this hmm. is a preserved lemon. Ooh, yeah, a little brightness from the, mm-hmm. even if you just like chopped it up at the end and and like yeah, mince preserved lemon I think would be good, um, really good, especially the preserved lemon that has a lot of garlic in it. If it's done with sliced garlic, I think that would be really good. So I think there's ways to make this dish more um, bright and vibrant. But the fact that you got this crazy flavor that was delicious out of very few ingredients, it was an A plus for me. Yeah, it's really it's really cool, and I had never. Whether you did it your way or you did the microwave way, I really like how much body the spinach like gave to this stew. It was like, mm-hmm. it, you know, it was 
it's thick, but it's just spinach. I mean, you should really cook the sh- cook it fucking down. If you're going to cook it down, though, I would say you want to make sure that you are stirring it so it doesn't burn exactly. on the bottom. Yeah. Because you will cook it long enough where all the available water that is present visibly will evaporate. So the only water will be in the spinach itself. So that when that happens, it starts to burn. So I would be careful. Yeah. But you want to bring it down as much as possible. So it does look beautiful. <laughs> Not as how you guys described it. Yeah, you want you want the stew to have body. Um, Rachel, this was your last drafted recipe of the season, or last drafted ingredient of the season. Uh, right now on the Discord, your sangria margarita is doing very well. Mm. Margarita sangria is mm-hmm. uh, is doing well. I don't want to open the goddamn <laughs> debate over Priya's recipe, but I will say this: I am going to. We are going to have additional categories. Uh, including fan favorite recipe. We're going to have many other awards to hand out at the season's end. So I want you, Rachel, to advocate for this recipe or any of the recipes you've done this season, or not saying that this is necessarily going to come into play, but um, maybe advocate for yourself as the person who brought the strongest recipes all year. Can I add one thing? Oh my gosh. Okay, Dave. (laughs) You think it's so negative right off the bat? I'm scared. Gosh, my gosh. He's about to support you for sure and take me down. I know the tone. I know I I can sense that tone anywhere. In sports like golf, people play with a handicap, right? To make sure that if someone is a very good golfer, they can play with someone that's a very bad golfer and the handicap equalizes the playing field. There are some recipes that have been available to our dining audience for months. And this is at the tail end of it. I think per month it's been available, we should apply a multiplier. Oh, you want to grade on a curve? Yeah, yeah, okay. Multiplier. Okay. Right? So I think recipes that are at the last month should get a 20x in terms of votes. Wow. I agree that they deserve So if this gets five votes, this is 100 votes. (laughs) We'll determine the numbers later. But yeah, I'm with you. Rachel, take your time to advocate for something. What do you want to use your, your candidacy oh. time for? Sangria is a 15X. Well, sangria, sangria I feel like if sangria wins, Dave, that's a win for you too. We is, all win is, with sangria. We all win. Nobody loses with margarita Nobody sangria. Nobody loses, loses with wins. margarita sangria except their brain your cells, memories. But, yeah. yeah, It's good for the heart. It's good for the heart. <laughs> it's endorsed unlike, by the Cardiology Association of America. Unlike spinach, it's spinach good is for so you. unhealthy. But mar- <laughs> margarita is amazing. What are you going to push for? You want to push for that? You want to push for a oh. dark horse that you think not enough people are supporting? Well, yeah, it's hard because I don't want to split the vote. I feel like margarita sangria, obviously, uh, everyone like should Perot make it. Here. <laughs> <laughs> in the 92 presidential election. I feel election. like Ross Perot. Um, and honestly, you know, I should have said earlier when you asked what I was cooking, the seaweed soup I've been making a lot, actually, and just trying it out with different stuff. I know that Brian Ford has been making it a lot, too, with different vegetables. So I'm still very much into the seaweed soup and into uh, people trying it What's out. What's number two and three in terms of votes? Number two is the margarita sangria. Number three is the yogurt tortillas. We like those a lot. Mm-hmm. Priya wins again, though. Fuck. Is that her again? Yeah, yeah. that's her again. No, number four is seaweed soup. I, why can't we get Brian or JDB? Like, I just don't want any of you guys to win other than those two. <laughs> Interesting. Why? That's so mean. It's so hurtful. 
But it's also, supposed to okay, be. but pause. I also want to support this recipe because it is really delicious and it's um, a fun. No, it's a really. I do one hundred percent like this really recipe good. because it's a little bit left the center. I didn't think it was going to come out as well as it did. I do like sort of my my little tip and hacks to this. I don't think you need a beef foot. I really don't. No. That's one thing. I think um, you can just use lot. yeah, like some kind of stewed stew meat, right? Cut it yourself, maybe. Yeah, well, I mean, I think whether it's oxtails or beef shank, like those all have the yeah. same amount of like you know collagen and stuff. That if it was Priya, she'd be recommending a sixty-day prime prime ribeye that you should throw in here because that's how she rolls. Yeah, I'm truly happy to lose to Priya because she's scary. <laughs> she is scary competitive, and I'm just here to make friends. To be quite honest. <laughs> I'm just here to make friends. The opposite of I'm not here to make friends. I'm just here to make friends. I mean, if Priya had a choice and if this was baseball, she'd be on steroids. Oh, yeah. Right? I mm. would be clean. This is libel, Dave. <laughs> I'd be clean. No, you would not be clean. Yeah, it's not libel if you don't know what libel is. Oh, <laughs> uh, Your Honor, I plead not guilty on ignorance. <laughs> I, it is interesting to think, like, what would Dave, if Dave weren't on steroids, he'd be doing something else, like trying to change the rules of the game, maybe, like setting up a different No, he'd situation. be trying to steal home every game. Yeah, steal holding, holding the umpire's family hostage. <laughs> <laughs> Any number of things. Wearing taller cleats. Um, all right. Well, this is the end of the regular season. I think you should vote for Rachel. If you can't vote for Brian or JDB, God bless those perfect human beings, you should vote for Rachel. Okay, Rachel. Drink some margarita sangria. I just think it's like party season is coming up. We have to, you know, have... It's it's festive. It's festive. Uh, It's kind of not super seasonal, but it's it's seasonal. It's citrus season. Citrus season. Citrus. Yeah, that's true. I just meant more like a poolside party. You can make anything. Pumpkin spice. Yeah, that's Pumpkin true. Pumpkin spice margarita sangria, delicious. Should add some 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 cinnamon. Dave's endorsement just now, just to review, was you should all vote for Rachel's recipes if you can't vote for Brian or John's. <laughs> Listen, like we can't let Priya win. Uh, I'm I'm a, fine with this. Is like Priya the game win. of Risk, and all we have is Australia, and this shade of Priya color is just dominating the world, and all we have is little fucking Australia, and our back is against the wall, and we have to win. We can't let her win, people. <laughs> I mean, if Priya wins, Chris wins too. Ra- is- Priya is the Astros. And I am the trash can. <laughs> I just think that there's something beautiful about that. So it is the next week. We have a special uh, guest episode. We have a Thanksgiving themed episode with none other, none other than Dave Arnold uh, coming to to walk us through Thanksgiving. Uh, you can check out the video of our, our our three different stews on the Recipe Club TV feed, which is not the same as this one. So switch over to that to watch videos and make sure you are. Liking and subscribing and whatever it is you can do to these videos to show us that you like us. There's a link to this recipe in the podcast description as well as on our Discord server. I think if enough people clamor for it, I bet we can get Rachel out there on that Discord, chopping it up late at night. Oh, no. I can't. <laughs> can't Just harass her on Instagram until you can get her on our Discord. That's 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 it. Rachel, anything else you want to say about Benjamin's recipe here? Um, big fan. Love you, Benji. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, Benji. <laughs>